Welcome to the Healing School Podcast. This is a place where you can get built up in the Word of God concerning healing. This is a place of truth and bold faith in the Word of God. We encourage you to get your Bible and some notepaper. Write down what the Lord is speaking to you. This is a place for both receiving and ministering healing. The stronger your faith gets in this area, the more effective you will be for the kingdom of our God. Hold fast to the scriptures. The truth of the scripture never changes and it never gets old. These are episodes you can feed on time and time again. Please share our podcasts with other people. Most always, someone either needs healing or knows someone who does. God bless you and heal you as you hear his word. Either he's God or he's not. Right? Like that is one of my favorite phrases that I talk to myself about when I'm trying to waver. And I don't waver very often, but every once in a while there's a little bit of hesitancy in me. And I just say, either he's God or he's not. And because I know he's God, that pushes me past the point of wavering and into faith every time. It causes me to do the things I need to do to take the steps of faith that I need to take, even if I don't feel like it, even if I'm weary or weak or or sick or whatever I am, and the Lord is speaking to me and the word is speaking to me, and and I have feelings just like everyone else, right? I don't always seem like I have feelings, but I do have feelings like everybody else. And, and sometimes you just have to push yourself past those feelings and into faith, right? And the way I, one of the ways that I do that is to say either he's God or he's not. It just comes right down to that for me. Well, I'll take, I'll take and I'll strip away all of the fanfare, fair, all of the uh, theology, everything that I know, I'll strip it all the way down to the bare bones. Either there is a God and he is him or there's no God and I have to make that choice. And I'm always going to choose that there is a God and that he's him. And I'm always going to choose that because I've already chosen that and I'm born again. And I know that I'm saved. I know that 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 I am a child of God better than I know my name is Cindy. I just know that, right? And so I can bring myself to that point and say, either he's God or he's not. And it can push me past and get me into things in the kingdom of God. It can help me go deeper in the kingdom than I've ever been before. It can help me go higher in the kingdom than I've ever gone before. It can help me step out when things, circumstances look like they're not just impossible, but completely against me. You know, and I can face those circumstances because I say either he's God or he's not. And then boom. I can push forward even if I don't immediately receive my answer. You know, I've had things that I've believed God for for over 20 years, and then 20 years later they come to pass. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And then I've had things that I've only had to believe God for for 30 minutes. Hallelujah. Right? And and that's okay. Usually the long ones are when somebody else's will is involved. Those are usually the long ones. 
When my will is involved, it's usually short because I submit my will to God so fast and so hard that my flesh doesn't know what happened. I just throw myself under that submit bus every single time. I'm on my knees, on my face. When I do wrong, I admit it, I repent quickly, and boom. These are the things that I do that help me live an overcoming life, okay? So this is real help for you in your time of need. If you need to repent from something, just repent. Like, don't make a big deal about it. God's not making a big deal about it. You don't need to make a big deal about it. Your feelings want to make a big deal about it, but don't let them. Right? <laughs> so we have a feeling called feeling guilty. It's a feeling. And your feeling guilty wants to rise up. And you just have to say, heck no. Heck no. You have guilt. You have no right in my life because I am a blood-bought child of the king. You just have to say that sometimes. Feeling sad, feeling depressed. Sometimes we want to feel like, woe is me, especially if we have a diagnosis or if we've been dealing with something for a long time. That's very selfish. <laughs> I know you guys love me for that one, right? It's very selfish, though. And you just have to say, you know what? I'm not going to be selfish. Not woe is me. Thank God that he sent his word and it healed me, even though I've had pain. In fact, every pain that I get in my body just reminds me of how healed I am. I just let it be a reminder of the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. And it helps. And you can get there by renewing your mind and training your mind, right? You may not be there right now, but the more you renew your mind, the quicker you'll get there. You'll get to a place where the enemy comes and tries to poke at you and you say, whoa, thanks for reminding me that I am saved. I am healed. The Lord is restoring. You get an old, an old lady cramp or something, right? Or old man cramp. And you can just say, thank you for reminding me that the Lord renews my youth like the eagles. And I am young and vibrant and I am able to do and to go. I'm able to go, go, go. Hallelujah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, you shouldn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're not old enough. Praise the Lord. But I want you to be all in when you're trying to believe God for healing. That does, when I say all in, that doesn't mean you can't go to the doctors, okay? It doesn't mean you can't take natural medicine, things that are helping you have treatments for things. You know, God gave us doctors. Thank God for doctors, you know? Sometimes they can keep us alive long enough to receive our healing. You know, sometimes they can't do anything for us and that's okay, because God can and God will. But sometimes doctors can keep us alive long enough to receive our healing. Because the truth is, in the body of Christ at large, most Christians do not renew their mind on healing unless they need it. Most Christians do not spend time studying prosperity scriptures unless they need it. Because they feel greedy if they study prosperity scriptures. Ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for that one. 
But just because you study and start believing God for prosperity, even though you don't necessarily need anything for yourself, that doesn't make you greedy. That makes you wise. Because chances are somebody else is going to come along that needs something. And I guarantee you, if I had several cars at my disposal, nobody in my family or my immediate circle would ever need a vehicle because I just give them one. If I had extra houses, nobody I knew would ever need a house because I'd just give them one. And so there's no problem believing God for things. Nobody around me should be going hungry because when I have extra food, I give it. We have a food pantry here, which, by the way, you can bring stuff in at any time. We want to restock it, and you can take stuff at any time. It's in the, um, <clears throat> it's in the library area. But uh, food pantry, nobody should be hungry. Nobody in this church should be going without food at any time. And if you are, you need to speak up. And we'll get the food pantry, and we'll get you in there, get you a bag, take everything that you want. You can take everything off the shelf if it's on there. People will bring more. We have generous people in this church. And we believe God for more and for more, but not so we can consume it upon our own lusts, but so that we can distribute it to people who need it. Amen. Amen. And I think the Lord can bring us more people that are in more need if we have more. You know, I think if we had more, he could bring somebody in that could really use to clean that pantry out and have their shelves filled with food. Praise the Lord. You know, so we just have to believe God for more. But if you're believing God for healing, most, most people in the body of Christ do not study the scriptures on a certain topic until they need it. By the time you need it, it's not too late, but you know that's why you need a doctor usually because you didn't renew your mind, you didn't study, you didn't help, you know, that's why you need that's why we get into debt. That's why there's we get ourselves into trouble when we don't study the word of God. When we don't take the wisdom of God and start applying it to our life, right? So it's okay if a doctor is keeping you alive long enough to receive your healing. That's the way I see doctors. They're going to help you. They're going to give you wisdom. And they're going to keep you alive until you can believe God enough to receive your entire healing. There's no person that was ever truly in faith that didn't receive. I know that sounds like... But I know somebody who said they were in faith and they died. Well, I can say I'm in faith all day long, but even as a pastor, I can tell you there are some situations I am in faith for and some I know that I'm not there yet. And if you will be honest with yourself and if people would be, and, and most of the body of Christ does not do this. There's a scripture that says, examine yourself to see whether you be in faith or not. You have to examine yourself. You know, when I was a little girl, we had um, publishers clearinghouse uh, stuff always delivered to our house, right? And so I used to kind of daydream, what would it be like if I won $8 million or even just a million? But then I started counting up my family members and I said, well, I need $8 million so I can have a million and I can give a million to my mom and a million to my dad and a million to my sister, a million to my other sister, a million to my brother, a million to my other brother, and just give like everybody, if I get it, everyone in my family should also have it, right? Like that was my mentality. And so I started trying to believe God for $8 million. 
But you know, at that point in time, I couldn't believe God for a hundred. So I didn't, I was young. I was, I was unlearned and I didn't understand why my $8 million wasn't coming because year after year, I would believe God that someday Ed McMahon is going to walk up to our house with a giant check with my name on it, not my parents' name, but my name on it. And it's going to be exactly enough money to give everyone in my family a million dollars. And I believed that for a long time until I realized trying to believe God for lunch money was hard. And when I started realizing that, I had to examine myself and see where my faith was. When I started believing God for $5 and then received that $5, I started believing God for 10. When I started, when I received that, I started believing God for 20, 100. Wherever my faith is at, that's, and you have to examine yourself and say, okay, where is my faith at right now and how much can I believe God for in healing? Sometimes when we're praying for healing, the only thing we can do is believe God that we won't get any worse. That's not a bad prayer. That's not a bad place to start. Maybe you can't believe God for the miracle and, you, and you, it just feels too impossible because you're just not there yet. We'll talk about how to get there in a little bit, but just real help. Like if you're just really not there yet, it's okay to believe God for something less than the whole thing. And when you're ministering healing to people, you have to find out where is their faith at? Somebody going in for knee surgery, maybe their faith is for new knees and they know it and they see it and they believe it. And you can join your faith to that and see a miracle, right? But maybe their faith is at for a good surgery, no complications, and a supernaturally fast healing. And you've got to add your faith to that. Does that make sense? Now, it's always best to receive brand new knees and not go in surgery, right? Well, I, I'm just going to use my parents for an example. One time my my dad was getting ready to go in for a knee replacement surgery, and I said, Dad, the Lord can heal you, and you know this. Let's pray. We're going to believe God, and you're going to receive new knees. Well, he did receive new knees. And then it was a while later, my mom had a knee problem, and she ended up getting a knee replacement surgery. She said, well, let's just pray for a good surgery and a good fast recovery, and, and I did. And I went out there after she had her surgery, and the nurse came in um, within the first week, and she said, "Are you? when did you have your knee surgery again? Because this looks like it's six weeks healed, and it was within the first week. But that's what we were believing God for, because we wanted to have success in our prayers and not just grasp at straws. You know, so we have to think, where is my faith really at? Not what am I hoping for in the end, but where is my faith really at? And if you can examine your faith and say, you know what, and be honest, I don't actually have faith for a full healing, but I have faith that I won't get any worse. Start there, because then after a day or two of you not getting any worse, you're going to notice that, and you're going to say, you know what? Maybe I can believe God to be 10% better. 
Maybe if you're getting blood tests because you have some sort of a disease and you can't believe for your numbers on your liver or your kidneys to be perfect, maybe you can believe that they won't get any worse. Maybe you can maintain, or if you have a, a CRP level, if you have heart inflammation, and you, maybe you can't believe God for it to be completely gone, but you can believe for it to go down a little, or you can believe for it to not be any worse. Start doing that. Start believing God. I won't get any worse. That's a good place to start, right? And then once you see that you're not getting any worse, you can start believing God. I'm going to get a little better. When somebody has like a laundry list of things that they need, I just ask, where's your faith at? And usually people will tell me, I'm believing God for the whole thing. Okay, what scripture are you standing on? Well, uh, um, Hey, if you're not standing on a scripture, you're not really believing God. Nobody likes to hear that, but I'd rather tell you that than watch you die. I'd rather tell you that now while you're alive than have your funeral later. I'm serious. We've buried people. I don't like it. I don't, I don't, I know that they're in heaven and I know that they're better off and they know more than me and they're, they're not missing us, but I don't like it especially if you're under 90 years old. If you're under 90 years old, you're not going anywhere if I have anything to say about it. <laughs> no, seriously. If you want to go after 90, I'm, I'm not going to stop you. I, I, even really after 80, if you've, if you've really run your race, if you've really run your race, I mean, really, ran your race, not just walked it, not just dabbled, not just, you know, been around ministry, but if you've really run your race, I'm not going to hold you back. But if not, like, why would you go to heaven early? That's, honestly, that's selfish. Can I just say this? Suicide is selfish. It is the most prideful, selfish thing you could ever do if you're a Christian, is suicide. It is. It's selfish. If you have suicidal thoughts, you are absolutely selfish. And you know what? Self-centeredness is the root of all grief. Andrew Womack has a book literally called Self-Centeredness, The Root of All Grief. You got to read it. If, if that's you, you got to read that book because it's selfish. You know, you leave a lot of people behind. You leave the body of Christ behind with your work undone. Don't do that. Don't be that guy or that girl. Do your responsibilities. Do what God has called you to do in the body of Christ. Live your life. Run your race. Finish your course. The truth is, if you were busy running your race, you wouldn't have time to think about killing yourself. Honestly, you would be busy running your race. When you're running your race, you don't have time to think about woe is me. Get busy running your race. I know because I have things come up in my life and, you know, people would say, oh, this is a tragedy or that is a tragedy, but I don't have time for tragedy. I just rejoice always anyway. And the Lord brings those tragedies back and, and heals them. Even where other people are involved, the Lord heals them because I'm not sitting around in my house saying, woe is me, I can't believe this happened to me, oh my gosh, and experiencing all those feelings. I'm just rejoicing 
and, and running my race because I'm going to run my race and I'm going to finish my course. And if you would run your race and finish, not walk your race, not mosey your race, but run your race, be all in, you wouldn't have time to be sick. You wouldn't have time to be old. Ain't nobody got time for that. Those old lady cramps. Nobody has time for that. Not if you're busy running your race. If you will, give, if you will find out the call of God on your life, and there's scriptural precedence for this, and you will move in your calling and obey God, you will not be killed until your race is done. Look at Paul. Look at how many times they stoned him. They sought after his life. He was in a shipwreck. He got bitten by a poisonous snake, and he just shook it off. And, and the whole island was looking at him thinking, oh, he's going to die. And he didn't die. And they're like, he must be a god. He didn't die. No, he's just a child of God running his race, finishing his course, being all in, sold out for God. If you'll get that way, you'll get healed fast. But you really, like at the heart level, you need to be all in. Not just in lip service. You got to make a choice to be all in for the kingdom of God. If you're dealing with anything, really, even if you're not dealing with anything, you should be in because either he's God or he's not. And if he is God, why wouldn't you be all in? Why wouldn't you be all in? If God created you, and he did, and he's the God of the universe, and he is, and he knows everything, and he created you for a specific purpose, and in that purpose you will thrive, and you will have blessings, and you will, you will have persecution, but you will have a good life, why wouldn't you be all in? Well, I don't want to deal with persecution. Well, you know what? People hate you now when you're not doing anything. <laughs> Seriously. Is there anybody in here that can honestly say everybody you've ever met absolutely loves you? I'm going to tell you, if you're that person, they're lying to you. People hate me. I, I don't even know. I don't even understand how somebody could hate me, but they do. Oh, well. Get over it, right? Who cares if people hate you? That's their problem. You don't have to be everybody's favorite flavor, right? Yeah, you don't have to. You don't, it doesn't matter what people think of you. What matters is what God thinks of you. What does the king of kings think of you? He loves you. He adores you. He's helping you. He created you for a purpose. He created a race for you to run. The Bible says that there were works prepared aforetime for us to do. There is work to do. We can't be idle. So let's be all in. Okay, back to real help here. That, that will help you. I think that will help you. I think that's real, real help. Like if you need healing in your body, if you need finances, you start doing what God wants you to do. And, start, and do these things, believe God, and it's going to help you tremendously. You're going to come out on the other side because you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Amen.
Amen. Okay, so the first thing you want to do if you are um, sick and needing healing, if you are broke and needing prosperity, if you're being plagued by the enemy and you need deliverance, is you need to believe. That's the first thing you need to do. You need to believe. You need to examine your faith, find out where your faith is at, get in the scriptures, find out what God's word says about it, about your particular situation, and believe God. You need to believe God more than you believe your own opinion. God's word says that by his stripes you were healed, and if it says that, then you were healed. And you need to believe that more than you believe that you're not healed. You need to become fully persuaded, and you'll do that by reading the word of God. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures, but I want you, when you hear a scripture that jumps out at you, these are some healing scriptures, I want you to take that scripture, write down the reference or the whole scripture, whatever you want to do today, and stand on that scripture and believe that scripture more than the doctor's report. Believe that scripture more than your own opinion, more than your feelings, more than the pain, more than the future that you're grieving. Sometimes when you're sick, you get all sad and upset because you're grieving. You're being selfish because you're grieving a future that you think you're never going to have. But if you will lay that future at the feet of Christ, he will take it and he will replace it with a better future. The replacement is always better. It's always better. Anything I've ever given to Christ, he's handed it back to me better. Always. Even my kids, when I hand them to Christ, even when I handed my husband to Christ, he handed them back to me better. He handed them back to me. Yeah, praise the Lord. I didn't expect that. Didn't even know I wanted it for a while. But I got them back better. I'm just honest. <laughs> just honest. My life is hilarious. Okay, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. This is Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Woo! Praise the Lord. That scripture is for somebody. Somebody grabbed a hold of that, I could tell, because the Holy Spirit blew in and got me. Woo! I love it. Let's turn over to Psalm 107. It's not very far. Um, but I'm going to read Psalm 107, verse uh, 17 is where I'm going to start. It says, fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Fools are afflicted because of their transgression and their iniquity. Basically, sometimes it's your own fault when something goes wrong right? Let's read verse 19. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saves them out of their distress. Listen, if you are sick or hurting or plagued by the enemy or broke because of your own foolishness, 
Here is the scripture for you to stand on in context. If you cry to the Lord, he will save you in your trouble. He'll save you out of your distresses. Verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, that men would praise his name. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, praise his name to the ends of the earth. Oh, that men would praise his name. Wow. You want to be delivered from your destructions. You get yourself into your own mess. You get sick. You get plagued with the enemy. He's bugging you. He's beating you up at every turn. All you have to do is cry out to the Lord. And he's going to save you. He's going to heal you. And he's going to deliver you from your destructions. This is good news. Woo, hallelujah. Psalm 118. Not too far again. In verse 17. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. If you have a death sentence, if the doctors have said to you, you have X amount of time to live, this is your prognosis. Or if you gave yourself a death sentence and said, well, you know, I'm 80 years old. The Bible says I can live to 70, 80 by reason of strength. Maybe it's time to head on down the hill you gave yourself a death sentence. You need the scripture. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. In other words, I will run my race. I will finish my course. And if you're 80 and you haven't started your race, you better eat healthy because you got a long life ahead of you. You better get going. Amen? You better get going. I will not die, but I will live and I will declare the works of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 4, verse, we'll read 20 through 24. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes and keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. In other words, read the word, speak the word, eat the word, bring the word in. You know, I was listening to a book called Divine Healing by John G. Lake. Last night, I just had the whole book on repeat for a couple of times as I was in and out of sleep. And they were talking about how John G. Lake had people put like a brain thing on him to find out what his brain waves were when he was praying and stuff. And when he was praying to God, what happened was the spirit entered into his brain and started expanding his capacity. And when he was praying in the spirit, it was even more. 
And they got this all documented in their medical journals and stuff that as long as he was connected to God, his brain would keep on expanding and he would be able, like, he, he registered off the charts, basically, of all the intelligence that you could possibly have. The capacity of his brain just kept expanding. And it's medically documented that that happens when you're in communication with the Lord. The entrance of the word of the Lord brings light. And what happens with those electro signals that start expanding in your brain is they shoot to every cell in your body. Doesn't uh, Romans chapter 8 say, the Holy Spirit inside me quickeneth my mortal body? The spirit in me quickens my body to life, right? That's how, through your prayer. You pray, you connect with the Holy Spirit, and that light enters into your brain stem, your brain area, whichever, I'm sorry, I don't remember which brain area it was, but then it goes through every cell of your body. Woo! Do you need the light of God shot in a few cells of your body? Yeah. Get in prayer. And get in prayer long enough to where the Holy Spirit comes upon you and stay. You know, sometimes people will just pray and as soon as they feel the Holy Spirit, they're like, well, that's it. And then they leave. What if you prayed and as soon as you feel the Holy Spirit, you know, some people don't pray long enough to feel the Holy Spirit. Well, what if you did? And what if when you did, you prayed long enough and then you feel the presence of God and you just keep on praying? and you stay, you're going to receive more life. He's going to minister to you. You probably get healed accidentally. Well, I was just minding my own business. I started praying, and 20 minutes later, I was healed. I don't know how God did it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's a good testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your word. Let's look over at Isaiah. We'll go to Isaiah 41.10. Yeah, that's right. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I will strengthen thee. Who needs strength? I will strengthen thee, says the Lord. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Amen. Amen. That's for somebody in here. Isaiah 53, not too far. Isaiah 53, 3 through 5. These are going to help you. This is the first step, believe, but we have time. Isaiah 53, 3 through 5. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief, and hid as it, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. 
He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. This, if you are feeling guilty about being a fool, remember Psalm 117 that said a fool got afflicted, and you're feeling guilty because you got yourself into your own mess, this is a powerful scripture for you. He was wounded for your transgressions. So you don't have to be wounded. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus took on the disease of the entire world. When he was on the cross, he took on every sickness, every deformity, everything, everything. He took it all on, all at once. He bore it in his flesh. He paid the full payment. So you don't have to be sick. You don't have, even if it was your own fault. Glory, hallelujah. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. You know, there was a time, a long time ago, I hurt my knee and it, it okay, so when I was young, I was in a lot of sports, never an injury, nothing ever happened to me wrong. Everything was great. But when I was an adult, I was being an idiot. I was doing something I shouldn't have been doing. I was being stupid. And all of a sudden, I felt this burning in my knee and a pop. And I knew something broke. Something was wrong. Something happened. And for three or four days, I was in some of the most excruciating pain. No, I did not go to the doctor because I did not want to explain to the doctor how I did it. And neither am I going to explain it to you. Just know I was an idiot, okay? It was my fault, and it happened. And then, for three days, I was in excruciating pain, and I just started believing God. And I had, to, I had to get over the condemnation and the shame and, and whatever it was that was trying to come on me because it was my fault. And these scriptures, he was wounded for my transgressions. I'm telling you, when these scriptures came alive to me, that healing came fast. It came fast. Because I allowed the scriptures to come alive to me. And I said, you know what? I may have been a fool. I may have been an idiot. And I did get myself into my own situation. But God took it for me. And I just started believing the word of God over my own feelings, over my own reasoning. You know, sometimes people can believe God over their own feelings, but you got to believe God over your own reasoning too, over your own intellect. I just believe with all my heart that God is smarter than me. And if he said he took on my sickness and my disease, well, then he knows something I don't, and I'm just going to agree with him. Amen. And the more I read the word of God, the more convinced I am that he is a good, good father. He's so, so good, so faithful, so loving, so caring. I've never met anybody as loving as God. I've never met anybody as selfless as God. He literally took everything off of us and put it on him. That's amazing. And I want to honor God by not taking on those things that he took off of me. 
I want to honor God by believing that what he did was enough. I want to honor him by saying, Jesus, your blood was enough. Your being wounded for my transgressions was more payment than it could, I could ever pay. I don't have to suffer in this life, and I don't have to suffer in the next life because Christ suffered for me and on my behalf, and it was enough. When Christ said it is finished, he meant everything that I ever did or would ever do was completely paid for. Every sickness I would ever have was completely destroyed. It is finished. Finite. <laughs> it's done. Hallelujah. That's good news, you guys. Woo! That makes me rejoice. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Let's go over to Romans 8. Whew, thank you, God. You're so good to us. You're so, so nice. You were wounded for our transgressions. Romans 8, 2 says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. What is the law of sin and death? You sin, you get death. That's the law of sin and death. <laughs> so the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is still working in this earth. But you know, gravity is a law and it's still working in this earth and yet planes fly. There's a higher law that planes are subject to when they start going and that's thrust, lift and thrust and drag, I think. Lift, thrust and drag. So you put those three things working together and you get to defy the law of gravity, basically. Gravity's still in place. If lift, thrust, and drag ever stopped, that plane would fall out of the air and hit the ground and it would be tragic. If lift, thrust, and drag would ever stop, that plane would fall out of the air because gravity would pull it down and it would be absolutely tragic. But it's the same thing. The law of sin and death is in this world and it's in operation. If you sin, you get death. If you sin, you get death. But the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. That means even though the law of sin and death is still in operation here, we are subject to a higher law. That is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And that literally set us free from the law of sin and death. Now, if we ever get out of Christ Jesus... If we ever renounce Jesus Christ and say that he's not our Lord and our Savior and pretend like we don't know him, you will come crashing down. Because that law is still in effect. But as you are born again, you are not subject to that law, the law of sin and death. Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from that. So, so what you sinned? You're forgiven. You get life anyway. Amen? That's a good scripture for that fool that caused it themselves. <laughs> it is. I say that because I've been in that boat. I've been the fool. So I don't have a problem saying that. Because I'll call myself a fool when I need to. 
Verse 11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. That's what we were talking about earlier. If Christ Jesus' spirit is in you, and if you're born again, he is in you. Then that spirit of life that is in you because you are born again is literally quickening to life, it says, your mortal body. It doesn't say your heavenly body. It says your mortal body. That means here and now. I love the way God differentiates for us so we don't get all over-spiritual about things, right? He says it's your mortal body that he's quickening to life right here and right now. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So believe. You've got to believe these things over your own thoughts. The battle's in the mind, you guys. When you start believing the word of God more than your own intellect, more than your own opinion, more than your own thoughts, more than the doctor's report, you're going to be in something called faith. And people are going to think you have lost it. They are. They're going to think you have just lost it. They're going to call you brainwashed, and you're going to say, yes, I am. My brain is washed in the water of the word. They're going to say, you've lost it, and you're going to say, yes, I have. I've lost all those thoughts that I used to think, and hallelujah, I'm redeemed. Praise the Lord. Who cares if you're crazy for Jesus? He got, he got crazy for you when he died on the cross. Yeah. Okay, where am I going? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Let's see what that one says. I knew this morning. Okay. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal you got to stop looking at your temporary circumstances. And you say, well, Pastor Cindy, I got a death sentence, and this disease is not going away. Well, actually, it is going away, and it is temporal. You know, many people have been cured of cancer. People have been cured of AIDS. And there was times when they said, there's no cure for these things. And yet then the hand of the Lord comes on people, and boom, they're healed. So there is a cure for these things, and the cure is in the word of God. You cannot look on the things that are temporal, your temporary circumstances of being in pain. And you need, you know, sometimes people have so much reverence for the enemy, they will start saying that these temporary circumstances must be for the rest of my life. No. I've heard doctors say, when you get on a certain medicine, you're going to take it for the rest of your life. And I say, you're not writing my story. You're not the author and finisher of my faith. You're not the one that tells me. You're not the boss of me. You're not the one that's going to tell me what I'm going to be taking in six months from now. I'll tell me. I might take this for a month, but I'll tell me I'm not taking this in six months from now. I'll be healed by then. I'll be healed by then. I'll be walking in the glory by then, and I mean on this earth. I don't mean in heaven. I mean here and now, healed and made whole, completely set free, and not giving you 
$500 a month for your stupid medicine. Amen. Amen. Yes, amen. Praise God for medicine if you need it, but why stay on it forever? Why not just start believing God you're going to get off of it? You know, if we knew, the more I research natural medicine and the health community and stuff, I have, I've learned that the cholesterol levels used to be very high, and that was considered normal. It was either 200 or 300 was considered normal. And now it's down to like a hundred and something. Do you know your brain needs cholesterol? If you don't have enough cholesterol, you get things like Alzheimer's. You get plaques in your brain that makes, so you get dementia. When they start lowering your cholesterol too low, it's causing mental disease. You need an education. You need to stop believing what the doctors say, start reading the word of God, believe in God for things, and start doing some research. You think, oh, it's easy. You, you know, my grandma went on cholesterol medicine, and my, my mom went on cholesterol medicine, and, and I'm supposed to be. No, you're not. You're, cholesterol is not a bad thing. You just have to research and find out what's right for your body. Pray to the Lord. Can excess cholesterol cause problems? Maybe. But I think there's something else underlying that's causing that. And that's what needs to be healed. Like, let's not just treat symptoms. Doctors call it a practice anyway. I Honestly, I do love doctors. I honor them for all their studying and all their work. But, you know, some of them are deceived. I learned this when my kids were little and I had a, one of my kids had a really bad allergic reaction to a vaccine. And I'm sorry if you're pro-vax, you're gonna hate me for this, but um, you know, she had an, an actual allergic reaction and one, the doctor that we were seeing uh, basically dismissed it. So I had to take her to another pediatrician and say, this is what's going on, this is what I think it is. And they said, this absolutely is, an, is a vaccine reaction. And if you give her another one, she'll probably die. So don't ever give her this child another vaccine in her entire life. She was six months old when that happened. She was speaking at six months old, gave her that vaccine. She went into anaphylactic shock and didn't speak for two months. And I had to start believing God and praying over her. And, and the Lord said, you need to start talking to her. These were my instructions from the Lord. Start talking to her and don't shut up. I'm like, I got this. I'm motor mouth. <laughs> like I had to say things like I'm washing your hair, I'm getting the shampoo, like constantly saying what I'm doing and constantly talking. And after two months, the child started talking again and she said, Dada, which was both a victory and a defeat at the same time. Because <laughs> she was saying mama, no, but I'm, I'm so thankful that she was speaking again and she's perfectly fine today. But I'm telling you this because I'm telling you that doctors don't know everything. They're taught a certain thing. And just like people in the body of Christ, there's good preachers out there that love the Lord and they tell you that healing's not for today, that miracles have passed away, and you know better. You know miracles are for today. You know miracles haven't passed away. But they don't know that because they weren't taught that. 
And it's the same thing with doctors. Your doctor only knows what they were taught. And if they're super, super elderly and they've never gone back for a second class, what do they even know now? <laughs> Just being honest. I'm going to go home and take a nap. <laughs> a little honorary today. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Okay, don't look at the temporary things. Look at the things that are eternal. You are eternally healed. And if you're healed in heaven, why can't you have it right now? The Bible says you have now received the atonement. Here, he's quickening to life your mortal body. You've got to bring these things into the natural and stop spiritualizing everything. Jesus Christ died so that we could live, right? And we are living by faith. By the time we get to heaven, I don't think we need faith anymore. I just, we don't have to be like, well, I'm just believing God that Jesus exists. You're going to be face to face with him. You don't need faith for what you already have. You don't need faith for sitting here in this church. You already are here. You don't need faith for the clothes that you're wearing. You're already wearing them. I'm not faithing for this dress, right? Because I have it. You may not have wholeness in your body, and you're not going to need to use your faith for it in heaven, so you may as well use all your faith for it here on this earth. Just go all in. Quit playing around. Just go all in for Christ. Everything, let it all be about him. Pray day and night. Get in the word all the time. Let it all be about God and find out what God has for you. Because what's going to happen is you're going to get healed and set free and delivered. So the first one, real help, is believe. Get yourself a scripture and believe it. Amen. The second one, and this is from kcm.org. I'm going to hand you this. And then I'm going to have you take this and pass it, pass it around. And then here's one for you, Brenda. You're welcome. The second one is speak. You got to start speaking things. And if you go to kcm.org, they have a lot more resources than just this. I'm just going to read from the top of this. It says, do you want the faith of God to work in your body? Do you want the word of God working in your body? Then use the following five confessions of faith for receiving your healing to release your faith and to get God's word working in you. As Proverbs 4.22 tells us, for they, God's words, are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. I'm going to read the first one with you and then I'm just going to let you have these to confess at home, okay? The first one says, I am healed. Surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses, and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him, and with his stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. That's Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 from the Amplified Classic. And then um, it says, at 
86 years old, Brother Copeland still confesses the scripture first thing every morning. Using the King James Version, he declares by faith, he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. We did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. So you, when you start reading and speaking these out loud, you guys, everyone say out loud. Out loud, your body starts hearing you speak these and it starts working in your body, okay? So these are just some of them that I want you to, first you got to believe them, then you got to speak them, amen? Bible-based confessions will strengthen you, spirit, soul, and body. Woo! Um, the, the next thing, so first believe, second speak, Number three, pray God's word, okay? I'm going to read you a prayer from, uh, from the website, and then I will also read you another prayer. This one says, Father, I am your child. I am filled with your spirit. I believe that Jesus, I believe that Jesus for my, bore my sickness and carried my diseases, and I believe that it is by his stripes I was healed 2,000 years ago. Right now, I accept that fact by faith. I believe that I am healed now in the name of Jesus. Do you see how they were praying that to the Father, speaking the word, right? God says, concerning the works of my hands, command ye me. He says that in the Old Testament. I'm sorry, I don't remember where it is. I think it's in Chronicles, but I'm not sure. It says, concerning the works of my hands, command ye me. That means we are supposed to tell God his word, repeat his word back to him, stand on his word, speak his word to him because he knows it, right? He says, put me in remembrance of my word. And it's not because God's up there forgetting. Like, like when I tell you, can you text that to me or can you email that to me so that I can remember later? That's because I'm human and I keep forgetting, right? But God says, put me in remembrance of my word, not because he keeps forgetting, but because we keep forgetting. Because we have to remember, we have to put some effort in to remember what the Lord God has said to us. We remember all kinds of things like, well, we used to remember people's phone numbers. We might remember where our favorite restaurant is. We might remember our address and where we live and maybe our loved one's address and where they live. And we might remember our name most days. And we, we remember things. We just need to put in an effort to remember what God has said and to pray it back to him. Amen. One of the prayers I like to pray is in Ephesians. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. And we'll pray this over ourselves. I'll just give you a good example of it. But I want to read it from the word so that you can see what I do here. Put your eyes on it while I'm praying it if you can. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, I pray that God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, 
that the eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glorious of glory of his inheritance is in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards me, who, that I, because I believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places." And then sometimes I'll go over to Ephesians chapter 2 and say, And me has he quickened, who was dead in my trespasses and sin, where in time past I walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved me, even when I was dead in sins, he has quickened me together with Christ. By grace I am saved and has raised me up together and made me to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards me through Jesus Christ or through Christ Jesus. And take the scriptures and pray them over yourself. Because God's going to answer his word. And everything in his word is yes and amen. It's an automatic answered prayer. Yes. I'm sorry? 8.11? 8.2 and 8.11. That was, that was in Romans. But you're welcome. But speak, pray, pray this out loud. Pray it, everyone say out loud. Out loud, pray out loud, okay? Speak out loud, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, right? Um, a couple of Sundays ago, we talked about sound waves and how those can change things. This is why you need to do it out loud. Amen. Let me look up the date of that for the podcast people. If you need to hear that Sunday sermon, it was July 30th, 2023. Amen. Hallelujah. The next thing, so first believe, second speak, third pray, fourth is learn. Okay, this is why we have Healing School. This is why we have the Healing Podcast. You need, and this is why you have a Bible. You need to learn as much as you can about the Word of God, healing scriptures, uh, pro, um, prosperity scriptures. Whatever it is you're believing God for, you need to study it out. Like I said in the beginning, most of the body of Christ doesn't even pay attention to healing scriptures until they're going through something. But what if you got strong before you went through it? What if you got filled up with the scriptures on healing before you needed it? Even while you need it, I mean, you don't know your future. You might miss some very carefully planned attacks of the enemy on your physical body if you will get in learning mode. And just stay in learning mode. The problem is when people get in the I already know it mode, that's when they just put up a shield and they don't ever hear the word and they can't learn anymore. Even when the Lord speaks a scripture to me that I've already memorized, I don't tell God, listen, God, I already know that scripture. I just say, what is it, Lord? And I start repeating the scripture. What is it, Lord? What do I need to know about that scripture that I don't know? 
because there's always more in every scripture. I spent an entire day meditating on Jesus wept, and I learned so much. I could probably preach four or five sermons from that one scripture now because Jesus wept, and it's beautiful. And if you'll meditate on the word of God, and you know, I think there's more to it than I know. I know a lot because I spent one day meditating on it, but I could spend a thousand years on that scripture and still be learning stuff from God. I believe that with all my heart. Because God is so, so deep. Everything that he wrote in the Bible is so, so deep. And the deeper you get, the more simple it gets, but it's deep. Does that make sense? It's more simple, but it's deep. And it changes you on a deeper level. If you read the Bible at a surface level, you'll be changed on the surface, which is why we have a lot of fake Christians. Well, I really do need that nap, don't I? Get an ornery picking on people. We have fake Christians because people read the Bible at a surface level. But if you'll read the Bible on a deeper level with the Holy Spirit, it'll start to change you from the inside. And the deeper you read with the Holy Spirit, the more you read, the more you meditate on it, the more it gets in you, the more you learn. We need to be students of the word of God, students of healing. That's why we have healing school, right? Students of prosperity. That's why we should have prosperity school. Students, right? Learning everything from the word that we can learn, not acting like we already know it. And yeah, the Bible says if any man thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. There's always more stuff for us to learn. God is always bigger than our thoughts. It hasn't even entered into the mind of man the things that God has prepared for us. And there have been a, and I can dream big. Man, I can sit there and imagine heaven and mansion for me and a mansion for everyone in my family. There's my $8 million right there, right? Something for everybody. There's a mansion for you and a mansion for you and a mansion for you. There's mansions everywhere, all over heaven. Everybody gets a mansion. Wow. Everybody has a place that's going to heaven. And how good. There's no sickness. There's no disease. People are rejoicing before God forevermore. There's no sadness. There's no depression. God will wipe away every tear. Nobody's going to cry again in a sad way. Shouts of acclamation to our God. Grass that doesn't die when you step on it. Flowers that don't die when you step on them. Woo, there's no death in heaven. You mean I can pick a bunch of flowers and leave them in my house and they'll never die? I can imagine some great things in heaven. And then we're going to be brought back to the earth to rule and reign with Christ. Hallelujah. Can you imagine living in the Garden of Eden? It's going to be glorious with Christ on the throne. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be glorious. God's going to bring us back to a new heaven and a new earth. 
And we're going to be on the earth again. It's not like we're just going to be in heaven and be ghosts forever. Floating around, right? <laughs> really, have you read your Bible? Do you understand we're coming back to the earth? Hallelujah. But we're coming back in victory. Praise the Lord. Yeah, we're coming back in victory. Hallelujah. Everything we are going through right now is just temporary. But you got to learn these things. You got to learn more about God and about his things and about the more you learn, the better it's going to get for you, this side of heaven. Once you get to heaven, I suspect we're going to get really enlightened. Like we're going to really know some things when we get there. But there's still learning in heaven. Yeah, they're still learning in heaven. I've heard of people that have gone to heaven and they've seen people teaching. May as well learn now because you're going to take all that knowledge with you. May as well start now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Enjoy it now. Instead of getting to heaven and then them saying, by Jesus' stripes you were healed and you're like, well, I don't need healing now. I needed it then. And they were like, well, you could have had it at any moment. All you had to do was open your Bible. You're going to be like, are you kidding me? I suffered for eight years, 10 years, 20 years, and all I had to do was be all in for Christ. You mean I could have had that life, but I suffered in this life because I refused to open my Bible? Because I was selfish and didn't want to be all in. Because I didn't want to submit my pride. Are you kidding me? I could have had that life. My kids could have had that life. My friends and my family could have known that, Cindy, if I just would have submitted myself to the Lord. I mean, think about it. That's why God's going to have to wipe away some tears. Because you're going to be grieving what you could have had down here. You mean I didn't have to wake up in pain every day? Didn't have to face this illness every single day? Yeah, that's what I mean, exactly what I mean. You can be healed right here and right now by the word of God, but you don't know it. And if you know it, you're not believing it. You need to know it. You need to believe it. You need to become fully persuaded that what God promised, he's able to perform. And not only just able to perform, but willing to perform and willing to perform it on you. Willing. Able, willing. And, but you'll, you'll learn that as you stay in the word. The more I read the Bible, and if there's something I don't understand, like I didn't understand the Garden of Eden, <laughs> start at the beginning, I had it wrong from the get-go, you guys. I used to think when I started hearing about a loving God, how can God be a loving God if he kicked us out of a perfect environment? And it was, it was chewing on me. You know what I mean? 
because we're under, we were under a curse and we were having to till from the ground and especially when I'm out trying to get through the clay soil, why did God kick us out of the garden? And the Lord said to me, when I, when I finally asked him, first it chewed on me for a while and then I asked him, he said, you know what, I'm going to take this one to God and I'm going to ask him. He said, would you go back and read the scripture? So what he said to me, go and read the scripture. So I went to Genesis chapter 3 and I read it. And I'm going to answer this. Most of you know the answer to this already, but I'm going to, I'm going to answer it for those that don't. And I went back to Genesis chapter 3, and it said, um, in verse 22, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, therefore... The Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims with a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way to of the tree of life. And I saw it for the first time in my entire life, that if we were in a sinful state and ate from the tree of life, there would be no redemption for us ever. Can you imagine having cancer for 10,000 years? Or being blind for 10,000 years? Or having leprosy and all your skin is falling off and your bones and you're literally walking around with your guts falling out because you ate from the tree of life in a sinful state? That is torment, guys. That is hell. God saved us from hell on earth when he took us out of the garden. He didn't kick us out. We kicked ourselves out when we made that choice. God had to guard the way of the tree of life or we would have eaten from the tree of life when we were not born again. That would have been so tragic. But I didn't understand that. So when I was... You know, my understanding of the nature of God was, sure, God is love, but what about this? And of course, then I had, what about Job? And what about this? And what about that? And the more I asked those questions to God directly and started reading my Bible, the more I realized what a merciful and loving God he is. What a merciful and loving God he is. And thank God he did that right at the beginning, right at Adam. What if he did it halfway through? Then there would be mixed. There'd be some people that can never be saved and some, because eventually everyone's going to fall. And he did it right at the start. So poor Adam having to take that on. People say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to give Adam a piece of my mind. I'm not. I'm going to shake his hand. I'm going to say, thank God you fell so that Jesus could come and redeem us all. Because if it was me, I would have fallen too. Because I have, all, all of us have come short of the glory of God. We're all justified freely by his grace. So we just have to put it in perspective of love and grace and of Christ. And when we do, when we learn more, we start getting set free. You know, it set me free from thinking that God was a mean God and ready to pour out wrath on me when I started reading the scriptures and realized that God's pouring out his wrath on the children of disobedience. And I'm not a child of disobedience. I'm a child of the king. He's not 
pouring his wrath out on me. I'm not appointed to wrath. And the Bible says that. But if you don't know that, because you don't read the word and you don't take the time to learn, you have nothing to stand on. When the enemy comes, when thoughts come and try to tell you that you're nothing. So we have to learn. And the last one is apply. And that is, so first is believe, second is speak, third is pray, fourth is learn. We always need to be students of the word of God, okay? And the fifth one is apply. Apply God's word to your situation today. In James, it says, be a doer of the word of God and not a hearer only. If you're only a hearer, you are deceiving yourself. It's not the enemy deceiving you. If you hear that I need to rejoice, like we heard on the 30th. I have to rejoice. That's the bridge between believing and receiving. I have to be joyful. And you're not doing it. You're being a hearer only. You heard the word, but you're not doing the doing of it, right? There's a lot of stuff in James that says, don't you know that faith without works is dead? You can show me your faith, but I'm going to show you my faith by my works. Because I believe God, I work the works of God. Because I believe God, it causes me to rejoice. It causes me to read my Bible. It causes me to obey him. It causes me to get up and come to healing school. Because I believe God, it causes me to stand on the word, to put more word in, to re put rejoicing out, to speak out the scriptures, to plead the blood of Jesus. Because I believe God. Because there is a God and he's him. Either he's God or he's not. There's no in-between. If you're just sitting there like a bump on a log, waiting for the day that you get to heaven, you've got it all wrong. You've got it all wrong. You've got to do the works of God right here in this life. And TikTok, it's short. You may think a hundred is long, but I'm already halfway there. I'm 50 years old. I'm already halfway to a hundred. I'm a half a century. It's so wonderful. I love it, actually. It's pretty fun. I'm so thankful. I can't wait till I can say I'm a century. <laughs> I'm looking, people get sad and weird about getting old. I'm looking forward to it. God says the best is yet to come. And I've had a pretty good life. And if the best is yet to come, hallelujah. I'm going to receive the former and the latter rain. And it's already raining. And it's just going to get wetter and wetter. Man, the glory of God is covering the whole earth. These are the best days. These are the days when the Holy Spirit and the fire of God has been loosed. And we can walk with God's presence these are the days the saints of old looked forward to and said, man, I wish I was born after Christ so I could be baptized with, I mean, David, King David and Moses, they had the Holy Spirit upon them. But can you imagine how their hearts burned to have the Holy Spirit of the living God inside their skin? We have that. We have the Holy Spirit of the living God inside of our skin. 
quickening to life our mortal bodies. Even when we mess up, he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's in there helping us, healing us, causing us to overcome at every turn. Praise the Lord. And the more you renew your mind with this word, get in there and read and read and read and read and read. You may say, Pastor Cindy, I don't understand it. That's because you won't read it. Get a new living translation. Start reading that. No big deal. If you will read it, you will understand it. The entrance of God's word brings light. This is the wisdom that you need right here in this book. You get, people died so that you could have this book in your hand. Don't let it collect dust. Read it every day. Pour over the scriptures. Find out what God says for you, and you will receive the real help that you need. Real help. Not just help in word. Not just help in, oh, well, I'm going on Sundays, and, you know, this is what the pastor said, and gosh, I really hope that happens someday to me. You have a responsibility to be all in. Get all in and get all healed. Amen.